Welcome to In the Seams, a podcast by Broken and Mended, with your host, David Heffler. Well, welcome everyone back to In the Seams. I've been away for a little while, I had a hip surgery a little over a month ago. For the most part, that's gone real well. I appreciate any of you out there that knew about that and were praying for my recovery. And uh, I certainly uh, would love to pray for anyone that I can and would continue to, to cover your prayers. And I'm glad, though, to kind of get back into uh, In the Seams. And I wanted to, especially before Thanksgiving, I'd, I'd just been thinking a lot about Thanksgiving and how that how our view of that can be impacted by chronic pain and chronic illness and what it might look like for us to still be thankful, even in, in the midst of, of pain. And um, got a, a guest with us here today. I'm excited to have uh, Timothy Gunnels, and I'll call him Tim, uh, during our, our, our conversation. And, uh, you know, Tim and I have kind of got acquainted over social media and then have had opportunity to interact outside of that, uh, that forum. And you have some similar stories. Uh, we're both in, in ministry and both, uh, you know, we're dealing with uh, chronic pain and, and, and chronic illness. And so, Tim, I'm glad to have you. I wanted to say, too, that one of the goals I've had is I, I noticed for my first four, five, six guests, whatever it was I had on this podcast, they were all women. And it is easier to get women to talk about these issues. And I think it would be really healthy for, for men to be able to speak to these issues, too. Uh, I think a lot of times there's this attitude of, you know, oh, if you're a man, you're not going to talk about your pain. I'm going to tell you, well, there's, there's a lot of people that need to talk about that. And and so really uh, glad to have you. And you are a, um, I, I don't have all your biographical information down in terms of, you know, I know you said you're teaching at Ambridge University and you're also in ministry. Are you, are you preaching regularly, Tim, or what is your ministry? Look I am like? not preaching regularly right now, but uh, I'm, I'm actually looking into uh, getting back into that. Uh, Okay. Because I can, I can teach and preach at the same time. Uh, I, right now, I'm associate professor of uh, Bible leadership and ministry, uh, Amherst University. You know, teach uh, undergrad through doctoral programs, and I okay. love it. Enjoy that. Work with a lot of folks in ministry, uh, and uh, been doing a lot of church coaching and consulting the last several years. And I got out of the preaching side uh, because I was taking care of my parents full time. Uh, my mom has uh, frontotemporal dementia, and they lived with us for about five and a half years, but had to to leave and move in with another sibling because of my health issues. So uh, that definitely comes into play there. But I'm I'm feeling better enough. I'll get to that later. That I feel like I can get back into the pulpit and 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 do some more work uh, alongside yeah. my teaching. So, well, that's good. I, I'm glad that you are. You know, feeling like you've improved enough to consider that. Uh, and I, I know from our previous conversation, I know you'll get into it in a moment that you were uh, in a pretty debilitating state uh, not that long ago. And yes. that's the thing, I, you know, with our kind of connection, you know, both with the ministry, but also with, you know, this chronic illness. And that's kind of what has helped us to develop a relationship, which I'm very thankful for. Um, I'm wondering if you could, for our audience, though, you could share a summary of what you've been through and kind of where you are today with that struggle, uh, you know, and kind of how you got there. I'll, uh, I'll try to get quickly to the, to the current <laughs> main <laughs> issue with psoriatic arthritis. But uh, in my 20s, I, I had a lot of uh, 
gastrointestinal issues, ended up having some surgery to take care of uh, just intense, you know, GERD, uh, hernia situation, and uh, that would keep me up at night. I went through um, a period where I was having intense back pain for like a year and a half, and I had night sweats. This was all in my 20s. They never could quite figure that out. I think it was the beginning. I think the back pain was actually the beginning of the arthritis and nobody, nobody really looked into that. They, they just assumed, um, at my age, I'd probably injured my back, but, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be going through doors and it just, just like, I would just, uh, <laughs> fold over, you know, I would just sort of crumble. And so I went through that and I had knee issues and ankle issues and shoulder issues and, they just always were sort of explained away uh, in different things. And that went on for, for years. And um, the gastrointestinal stuff kind of kept going. I had a, had my gallbladder out and not long after that uh, was kind of in my, my late thirties. Um, I developed uh, gastroparesis, which is a delayed stomach emptying, which um, uh keeps you well it actually gives you some pretty good stomach pain uh you feel like you still have your gallbladder you know i had my gallbladder out because it hurt you know and Uh felt like you still had it but uh, i'd have nausea and bloating i still have some of that not nearly like i did thankfully but um all that was basically uh, doctors would say you know we got to get this under control you're probably gonna have some other health issues so uh i don't think that contributed to my uh intensification of my arthritis uh but it certainly didn't help (laughs) or take away from it and um anyway uh just fast forward a little bit um got out of full-time preaching to work with amherst university full-time uh i was out in arizona and my parents were in south carolina pretty far apart you know geographically right and um my mom, uh, we knew she had symptoms of dementia, didn't know exactly what was going on, but uh, my dad has some health issues. They're both in their, well, they were in their mid-70s then, but they're both in their you know, 80s now, early 80s, but he couldn't take care of her. That was never his um, ability to do uh, anything around the house. <laughs> he was the outside the house, you know, guy. and. Right. Uh, mom was getting lost driving and all kinds of stuff. So we, we, we basically moved back, uh, partly cause I really wanted to work with the, the university. That was a, a good thing to do, but, and I love it, but, um, also I need to be closer to my parents. And then sure. we came into, uh, understanding that uh, they were going to have to be taken care of and just family situations. Uh, I'm the youngest, um, uh, even though we have, uh, four kids, uh, it was just, better for my wife and I to take them in. And so we still had a house here in East Tennessee where I lived. Um, I was able to work remotely, still work remotely, thankfully. Um, really thankful when the pandemic hit and everybody was working remotely because I was already doing that. So sure. that was a, a nice deal. But um, so we we tried to, we were going to move them into the current house we had, couldn't do that. So we sold it, got another house, added on to it. Um, kind of out in the country, moved my parents in. It was way more intense than we ever imagined. My mom was much worse uh, than we realized. And um, frontotemporal dementia is, she's had it, she's had it well over 10 years. Uh, and you could you can live to 22 years with it, is what the, they say. But 
it's not like Alzheimer's. It's not just a memory thing. It's a behavioral thing. Uh, it's a, not ability to make any kind of decisions that make sense. You know, so it was just this constant stress. And my dad's um, health problems caused him to fall pretty frequently. And uh, probably about three, I guess it was about three years into having them, I started, you know, got up. I was already having th trouble with my thumbs and wrist and pinky fingers, you know, sort of that thing that you, you think about the, some, some toe issues. I had a doctor say, well, you probably just have gout because my grandmother had gout. Maybe she probably had psoriatic arthritis. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was a long time ago when they didn't know what to diagnose or how to diagnose anything. But um, so uh, you started having some problems. But then, you know, one morning I get up and I really can't get up. I wake up, but I can't really get up. So it was all I could do to get out of bed. Um, our bathroom and our master bedroom is probably, you know, six feet from my, from the side of the bed that I sleep on. And I felt like I was in shackles or in, in walking in quicksand or something. I mean, it was just, it was pretty scary to be honest with you. Sure. Um, I'm like, what is going on? So, I knew at that point, uh, I thought, well, maybe this will go away tomorrow, you know, but it didn't, it, it just, it just intensified. So I got a hold of my uh, general practitioner who I knew very well, or I know very well. And I said, Hey, I'm having some issues. So they got me squeezed in, got in. Of course, the first thing to do is put you on steroids, um, which helped with the, the stiffness, uh, but it didn't do much else. So then they put me on hydroxychloroquine and then, oh, yeah. Oh, you got to go to a rheumatologist. Took eight and a half months to get into mm. a rheumatologist. Well, anybody that deals with arthritis, autoimmune disease, know the quicker you can get into the specialist, the better. And so sure. I was delayed in that. And I just continued to get worse and, and uh, did, you know, when I finally got the diagnosis, and part of it was because my brother also has psoriatic arthritis. He doesn't, uh, it's not, not as intense for him but uh, I'm not going to minimize his, his struggle with sure. it. Um, but I basically got to where um, I was just sitting on the couch, slumped over. The fatigue was got so intense. Uh, I couldn't drive. I couldn't pick up my, you know, she's seven now, but my five-year-old daughter, um, you know, she could climb in my lap. I was bracing everything I could put on, back braces, uh, shoulder braces. I had compression sleeves on everything. I've got two drawers full of braces and compression sleeves. I had to keep going um, bigger and stronger on the on the knee braces um, to the point I got those, what I call the offensive lineman <laughs> knee braces, um, just so I could get around the house just so I could make it through the day. And, wow. um, you know, my, my wife would say, you know, are, are you dying? I mean, she was serious about it. I yeah. said, uh, I feel like I'm dying. I said, the truth is I feel like I'm dying, but I can't die. If that makes any sense. I think it sure. makes sense to the people who go through chronic pain. It's exactly. like, yeah, you know, maybe I want to, but truth is I don't want to, I, I want to get better. I want to be able to be involved with my family. So I got so bad. Uh, one of my siblings, uh, that, who's older than me and his, his wife's a nurse. 
she said, I'm going to retire from what I'm doing in nursing. Uh, we don't have anybody uh, at home anymore. Uh, we're going to bring them into our house. And so they moved to another part of Tennessee, which is, is a blessing. And it, the, because stress is so much a part of chronic pain and, and can cause flares and basically people say, well, well, how often, you know, how often do you have flares? Well, the truth was I had, I was in a flare an intense flare for over two years. There mm-hmm. was no, I had no relief at all and it mm-hmm. just got worse and worse. Um, so I gained weight. Uh, doctor said, don't even try to exercise. I did. I tried to do things. I, they'd say, well, try swimming. Well, swimming, you know, you use your wrist, you use your ankles. Mm. <laughs> I mean, there's not much. you. So it was like, I tried everything I could think of that you could exercise. So develop diabetes too. Um, you know, just sort of piles on, but sure. my, my parents, you know, they left, it did take a lot of stress off, but the pain, the sickness, it didn't go away. It was, it's, it was here. It, it's here to stay. Um, so fast forward, I, I, I don't know. I got to medicine number nine. Um, and I do a weekly shot of Enbrel now. And I do think Enbrel is helping. It's mm-hmm. the only one that really has ever helped. Um, and, and I went from pain levels of seven to nine to sometimes what I thought was 12, you know, just to, to where I'm at, you know, my worst is more like a five now mm-hmm. and that's like the most intense. And so I'll take that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you. I yeah. mean, you'll most days I'm at a, probably a two, um, but I went from over 30 joints involved plus my spine. Um, just hurting all the time and, and just intense to most of the time. Now I'm at five or six joints that are hurting, uh, backs hurting today. Pretty good. Um, weather, you know, it's, it's in the thirties here, <laughs> you know, it's a little humid. We've had some, some moisture, uh, so we won't get into all that, but, but, you know, but I did, I, I had the chance to go to Mexico to do some umbilical cord stem cell therapy, uh, specifically targeted toward my knees and my hips and my shoulders. I uh, also did some IV therapy to help overall, but um, my knees, my shoulders, my hips are, are far better uh, because of that. And I'm thankful for it. I have regained um, between the medicine, between lots of prayers. And I believe God's involved more than anything, the stem cell treatments. I'm able to function again. Um, I'm not always in pain. I have some bad nights, I have some bad days, but it's not 24 hours a day. And so I'm very thankful for, for where I am at this point. But my primary diagnosis is psoriatic arthritis and then kind of all the stuff that you can have with psoriatic arthritis, all the complications, I get to get, get to have that too, <laughs> including the spinal. Uh, spondylitis is really what I, what I have with that. So Your story touches on so many different themes that I think our listeners will be able to relate to in in various different ways, from everything from the struggle to find a diagnosis to having to deal with what's the more urgent health need, but ignoring some other things that are troubling in the background, but then the need to be able to take care of aging parents while your own medical conditioning is getting worse. And on the flip side of that, wanting to be able to hold and play with your own kids uh, I mean, I think these are, uh, and then of course the various medicines and treatments to try to find what works. And these, these are things that 
a lot of people, um, probably most people are listening to this can, can relate to at different stages in their own, yeah, their own journey. Sure. And, uh, so I appreciate you sharing that. I, uh, you mentioned God, of course, and I know you're a strong believer and uh, that's been a big part of what your life is about. Um, and I wanted to ask you then how this, the, this struggle, um, including the, when you were at the, the bottom and to where you're now at least functional, um, you know, how has that impacted your relationship with God? And have you learned anything in regards to your relationship with God or about God himself uh, during this time? Well, I never doubted that God cared that I hurt. Um, I'm, I'm keenly aware of, of, of pain and struggle and trial. I've been through other struggles and trials, uh, depression, anxiety, uh, burnout, uh, you know, uh, different health issues. Um, just from a, a one standpoint, um, my level of compassion toward other people has just uh, intense, I mean, it's just increased so much. Mm-hmm. I think that's made me a, a I, th- I think that's, I'll say this, I think it helps me in my uh, living out the greatest commands to love uh, my neighbor as myself. I think that that has sure. been just very beneficial. I've had some pretty dark moments. Uh, I've never given up on God, never given up on my relationship with God, but but I've I've just sat outside on my front steps uh, or I've, I've, I've been lying in my bed when I couldn't go to sleep and I've just said, you know, Lord, have mercy on me. Mm. Lord, have mercy on me. Just, just have mercy on me. Uh, just let me go to sleep. Yeah. You know, just let me get some rest. I, I'm not asking for healing tonight. Right. I'm not asking for you to take this pain away. I just want to get some sleep. Uh-huh. And um, probably one of the worst times I had, I, I, I had agreed to do a wedding. Um, in a in a couple of states over. Uh, and it was probably, I'd agreed to do it. And it was like six weeks after I started having the problem of walking and, and just the intensification of the pain. And, um, I was going to drive down myself and my wife, we had to make arrangements to have somebody come watch our children, uh, my, our younger children, cause older children weren't able to do it. And, um, my wife drove me, uh, down, rented a car and drove and, and I just, I basically turned away from her and cried oh, <laughs> most of the time yeah, yeah on the way down there and um and prayed and and i prayed and and but but what's interesting about it david is uh and i teach spiritual disciplines i think you might get into that but mm-hmm. um bible reading and prayer uh i just came to enjoy it more and i thought i couldn't enjoy it more i thought that it's not something i could enjoy any more than i did but Sometimes I would read Psalms of Lament, but a lot of times on my worst days, I just turned over to some of those Psalms of praise. And I found myself praising God more. And probably one of the biggest things is the stripping away of anything that seemed unnecessary or unneeded in my life. I people ask me what I want for a birthday or Christmas. And I literally couldn't think of anything. Like mm. I don't, I don't want anything. I can't think of things I want. Right. Um, 
the only things I would want would be things that might make life a little easier. Just things that might accommodate me a little bit more. Sure. Uh, or good coffee. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I love good coffee. So, you know, like that, but um, just the stripping away, just the, the constant conversation with God. But, but it wasn't just about my pain and it's not just about my pain. It was for other people, you know, just, I would re, you know, I hear somebody else struggling and I want to reach out to them. And I did a lot more intercessory prayer. It seems, uh, or I have, than it seems that I prayed for myself. And uh, I think that was, that's a beautiful part of this. Uh, if you, and I think you've got to find something to be thankful for and, and yeah. see this beautiful, but uh, I don't know. I just, I didn't see a need for, for much else, but just to, to live life, be in relationship with God, care for my family, realizing my family was my primary ministry uh, and understanding that the pain I was going through was affecting them. And so how could I manage that? And, uh, but all that tied into my relationship with God and uh, trying to help people. Uh, so, You know, um, I've been studying and actually preached recently on uh, Jesus' teaching on prayer. And one of the things, especially in the Sermon on the Mount, that he's emphasizing is really the character of the Father throughout the whole thing. And right. the reason why we don't have to pray like, you know, the pagans who, you know, Babylon on with some kind of um, uh, cadence, not the word I'm looking for, like right, a, 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 a spell or something, you know, um, right. and uh, incantation is the word I was trying to think of, right. uh, you know, or of course, like the, uh, some of the um, Jewish authorities, uh, maybe some of the Pharisees and some others that like to be seen when they were doing their, uh, the religious things. I mean, Jesus, of course, says that well, they got the reward. Yeah, I mean, that's what they were looking for. That's what they got, you know. Right. But the idea that our Father knows what we need before we even ask is just such a encouraging thought. And so when we say that, Absolutely. Lord, have mercy on me, that that is a prayer in its fullness, uh, you know, even though it's a, a one-sentence prayer, you know. And um, and I've taken to saying the Lord's Prayer. I, you know, growing up, I didn't do this uh, in our uh Tim and I are both in right. Churches Christ, and you know we typically don't say you know set prayers in most Church of Christ settings. But I I've taken to saying the Lord's Prayer daily, and and one of the reasons I do that is because it decenters uh, myself for the reign and, and and will of God. And then even as we get to the part where we're praying for our daily bread, our and forgiveness of sins, you notice pronouns, of course, there being plural, you know, that even then it's not just about me, it's about others. So I really appreciated your emphasis there, how it's taught you to be empathetic or it's given you greater empathy as well, along with the idea of intercession, um, you know, that you find yourself praying for others more, even in the midst of your own, your own pain. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I did want to talk about spiritual disciplines. We're kind of halfway into it, uh, you know, with that, you know, but I know that that has been a particular emphasis for you and your teaching. Uh, this is so it's right. something that you have focused on uh, throughout your life. And, you know, and I'm wondering, because you, you talked about this, so we have a, a support group that you were in uh, and shared your story with us there. And we talked some, we were talking that night, our topic was on spiritual disciplines and right. how can those of us in chronic pain and chronic illness practice them in a way that is still uh, helpful. So not giving up on them, but also having, having a, maybe a, a view of grace as we sometimes struggle in our pain to, right. 
to practice those. I, yeah, I'd like to know maybe some of your insights uh, with that and how the, how it's impacted your practice of spiritual disciplines. Well, um, the primary spiritual disciplines that I, I teach and talk about, I, and I teach talk about a lot of them, but my dissertation, I, I focused on what I call the disciplines of the greatest commands. And I chose solitude, hospitality, um, contemplative or meditative Bible reading and prayer. And those are all things that somebody in chronic pain can, can do. The solitude part, I used to go places <laughs> to do solitude. Mm -hmm. I had some particular places to go. Uh, I'm trying to get back into that, but when you can't drive, you can't uh, even walk good or something, that's a little more difficult. Yes. So what I ended up doing was really, uh, I, I'm, I live on a couple of acres, and so um, we've got deer and we've got trees around our house, and I can see uh, uh, what's called Star Mountain uh, over here in East Tennessee from my front porch, just kind of the tip of it. I uh, see it better in the wintertime when the leaves are off the trees, but... I would just go sit on the porch or I'd go sit in a chair in the back. And even though it wasn't where I could go, I would just sit there and be still with God. And I try to still do that. And hospitality, um, usually you think of doing something for someone and, and, and um, you have them in your home or you take care of a need or something. Um, I actually had to learn to accept hospitality during this time to accept people yeah. calling up and saying, um, we're going to bring dinner. Uh, we're going to come do this. We're going to come do that. Um, one of the ladies that did that a lot for us, uh, unfortunately died about a year ago. Um, fabulously wealthy woman, no idea how wealthy, but very, I mean, extremely wealthy, but you, you wouldn't know it. She just drove a minivan, didn't dress, mm. you know, like she did. But she would just, about once a month, she would just call my wife up and say, I'm going to bring you pizza. Uh, what kind of pizza do you want? And she offered to, uh, to my wife wouldn't let her do it, uh, but she offered to come get all our sheets and wash them and our towels and all this stuff. And I've always liked to offer hospitality. I've always liked to do for other people and having to let people do that. Um, it's the discipline of humility really that goes along with that, but you can be hospitable to people by reaching out to them yeah. if they're hurting. Yeah. Uh, if you can visit great, if you can do something nice for them, great. Um, but uh you know, practicing that, it, it, it's a way of showing love for other people. And there's a lot of ways you get into that. I, I don't have time, but contemplated Bible reading. Uh, yeah, I'll read the Bible through maybe, I, I haven't, not doing it this year. I didn't, well, I didn't do it last year. I haven't done it this year, but normally, excuse me, I just haven't done it this year. Normally I read the Bible entirely through every year. Mm -hmm. um, but contemplated Bible reading or meditative Bible reading, uh, doing something like Lectio Divina where you're, uh, you look at it as divine reading. You're looking to be transformed rather than just for some knowledge, not for right. And this is a very difficult for those of us in ministry. Um, we're always looking to what can I teach next? Right. You know, what, how, what do I do with this to teach other people mm -hmm. instead of being transformed by it? And 
And, you know, it's taking something like the Lord's Prayer and savoring it, savoring mm-hmm. every word, reading it out loud, praying before you read it, you know, reading it out loud, and then letting that Lord's Prayer uh, guide a prayer for you. And I do that a lot um, with the Lord's Prayer. I do yep. it with um, Psalm 1. I do it with Psalm 20. I do it with different Psalms. I do mm-hmm. it with different passages. So that is very comforting to me to not only be reading, but also combine it with prayer. And then prayer, um, getting in different postures, um, praying just prayers of thanksgiving or just prayers of confession or just prayer of lament. There are times, that, you know, chronic pain, especially, I just have to tell God I hurt so bad. I just don't want to hurt this bad anymore. And, and just help me not to hurt so bad. And, but, but I would, I think my prayer started changing from let me not hurt so bad for me, but let me not hurt so bad so I can do things for other people. Yeah. Yeah. I can do things for you because when I am doing things for other people, I I feel better and give me the strength to be able to do that. So those are particular ones, but the other one is simplicity. And I have continued to practice this, um, getting rid of things but not just getting rid of possessions. Um, clearing the calendar a little more, you know, really thinking about before you make a commitment to do something or get involved with something, really thinking, is this going to, is this going to, I'm not necessarily even thinking about benefiting me, but is it, what's the, you know, what's the power behind this? What's, yeah. you know, what kind of impact can I have? Is this going to take away from something else I need to be more involved with? Being more in the moment, um, with my children, with my family, uh, being much more in the moment in worship, um, kind of all that goes along with simplicity to me. So that, I know that was kind of a rush through. <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, I, I, and I'll kind of follow up on a couple of things you said, uh, just cause I think we can draw a few of those things out just to, again, really get our, our listeners to think about some ways that they can stay engaged with God, because this isn't about you checking a box or performing, or this is about God's grace and getting to, getting, getting to just abide in, in his presence, you know? And so we, we need these spiritual disciplines they are given to us uh, for a blessing and, and they can be challenging sometimes when we're hurting. And so I think all the things you said were, you know, very helpful. Um, it's, Oh yeah, I was just going to talk about simplicity for a minute. You know, we have a lesson in our our um, leader guide and also our, our participant guide for our, our our groups that basically is just I can't remember exactly what it's titled, but it's something like learning to say yes and no. <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of going back to Jesus's teaching on that. You know that yeah, let your yes be yes and your no be exactly, no, yeah. and being okay with saying no sometimes, even if people are going to misinterpret or misunderstand that, that you know that this is something I need to say no to, uh, is, is good. And, and it will preserve us, uh, in a way that we can do the things that really matter. So, yeah, I really appreciate you saying that and, and reminding us too, the different places we can go for to prayers is, is so important because I think sometimes we feel like we have to invent every single prayer out of thin air, you know, and, and sometimes that's really hard to do, uh, especially when, again, your mind is just so saturated with hurting. And, you know, of course we, we know the famous passage in Romans eight, where, you know, it talks yeah. about the Holy spirit interceding for us and those, those utterances or groans or however it says it there. Uh, but just rem- being reminded about the Psalms and going and praying some of those Psalms, the Lord's prayer and expanding on it. And these, 
um, I, I think can just be so, so healthy. I'm doing something right now uh, and I'm doing it with a friend and, and uh, I'm going to give him credit because he initiated it. But, uh, you know, we're, we're reading through Isaiah chapter at a time. And when we do it, we're opening up our, our prayer journal and every day picking one passage from our reading and writing it out and then writing a, a brief prayer. It's not a long prayer. Uh, you know, it's yeah. just something that, you know, God help me with, you know, this or whatever it might be. And uh, yeah, it works, you know, and it helps. And it, it's not about, you know, I think sometimes we get this idea that, well, you got to go and pray for three hours straight, you know, and uh, for it to be an effective prayer or something. And, um, I, and I was thinking specifically about a, a famous quote from Martin Luther when I said that, you know, where he said something along the lines of, I'm so busy today, I've got to spend at least three hours in prayer, you know, and I think at That's one point I used, to, I used to take that as inspirational and maybe it yeah. was, uh, you know, for him, but I actually see it as that's not all that helpful of a illustration for me today. Um, you know, cause I'm probably not going to go and sit out somewhere for three hours and pray. Right. Um, but there's very many ways that we can effectively and meaningfully engage, uh, in prayer in contemplative reading, uh, you know, Absolutely. in simplicity and solitude. So thank you very much for that. I, I want to, uh, kind of piggyback off of that to talk about Thanksgiving for a moment. Of course, the holiday itself yeah. is upon us. Um, I'm not right. sure when will this will be live, but probably before I'm, I'm, I'm certain that John will get it done here before Thanksgiving. So it'll be, people might be listening to it though, before or after either way. Right. Um, I, I want to talk about scripture that gives me pause uh, sometimes, you know, cause it, the way that it's worded um, doesn't say like the other ones, uh, it's got a parallel or one very similar over in Thessalonians that says, be thankful in all circumstances. I can do that. I, I, I mean, right. I can find something to be thankful for in all circumstances. Ephesians 5.20 actually says it a little bit more uh, directly. Uh, it's talking about being filled with the Spirit, and part of being filled by the Spirit is giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's a little more challenging. Um, and, I, and I don't think Paul is saying, I even though... Grammatically, it seems to say this, but I don't. I don't think Paul is really saying, "Hey, you got to thank God for some terrible thing that happened to you." I think he oh, probably yeah, does right. go more to the idea of the Thessalonians passage, giving thanks in every all circumstances. Right. But still, I want to ask, you know, when pain dominates, how can we remain thankful? Uh, and what advice do you have for hurting people out there that might not be feeling the spirit of Thanksgiving too much this year? Um, how do we how do we handle this? How do how do we maintain a thankful posture uh, with God in everything we're going through? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is being honest with God. Mm. And one of the reasons I love the Psalms, and I love yeah yeah I'm I'm the weird guy that likes Lamentations you know that likes I, to, to read about Jeremiah I'm not saying I love Lamentations but uh, <laughs> but I appreciate Lamentations sure uh, and Jesus even Jesus uh, and when I teach on prayer I, I I remind people of Jesus praying in the garden um, Jesus was not looking forward to hurting no. Yeah, he wasn't looking forward to all that. He wasn't looking forward to the spiritual, the the mental, the physical, the emotional, all that. Um, God created us. He knows us more than we know ourselves. He He designed our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't want us to hurt. Uh, he doesn't want us to have pain anymore. I mean, we have a promise of that, right? 
as Christians. Yeah. But we could read throughout scripture of people who hurt. Yes. And who also can become uh, or, or have become sort of spiritual heroes to us. One of the things with me is I want my children to see me still thanking God for what he does and how he cares for us. And so every night when we pray as a family, um, that's one of the things I always include is thanking God for how he takes care of us and provides for us. Because, you know, (laughs) if you are still around to hear this, then God's still providing for you. Hmm. You know, you haven't been through something you can't handle. If you can hear this, if you can talk to people, if you can pray, you're actually able to handle it. It's not pretty. It's not fun. Uh, I can't, I don't know that I've ever thanked God for my pain, but I have thanked him for being able to still feel it. You know, yeah, to be alive, uh-huh. to be with my children, to be with my wife. Um, I'm thankful to, to to be in a situation where, you know, I'm okay. You know, we're okay financially. Uh, one of the things that I, I just do and I recommend on a regular basis is to tell yourself the truth. So first be honest with God and tell him when you're hurting, but also be thankful for, for him providing for you and giving you the strength. I just pray for strength. I think everybody listening to this probably prays for strength pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also pray to be a blessing for other people and thank God when you have that opportunity. But the other thing is, is being honest with yourself. Um, tell yourself the truth that, that life isn't over. Uh, there, there are still parts of life you can enjoy you can find things to appreciate. Sure. Uh, you may actually enjoy looking at a flower or smelling a flower or laughter or uh, some, some significant scripture or a conversation with somebody or something. You may appreciate that far more now uh, when you're in pain. But but tell yourself the truth. List out your blessings. Uh, count your blessings. There really is something to that. Yeah. Uh, and, and when we, when we let the devil tell us that we're worthless now because we hurt and I, I'll be honest. I mean, I've been through those days where I just feel worthless. Like I, I'm no use to anybody anymore. Mm. Um, but that's not true. And so, um, talking to God about it, he, he reminds us that we're not worthless and that we are worth something and we, we can be thankful for that relationship with him and that he is with us in the pain and he yep. gives us the strength. One, one of the things I, I think I noticed about my pain levels is uh, I was able to learn to tolerate a lot more than I thought. And uh, I think sometimes the, the level of pain goes down a little bit when you're, you've been in it for a long time and you just, you can kind of handle it a little bit better. And and I thank God for even the ability just to be able to manage it some days without, sure. <laughs> without uh, having to take some serious, you know, pain meds or, you know, uh, something that uh, is going to uh, knock me out. Uh, yeah, good point. I'm thankful for that. There's a lot to be thankful for. And I think it 
it's a pretty cynical and dead end if we get into a point where we think that there's nothing to be thankful for. And, and that's right. another thing, you know, I think one of the reasons broken and mended exist is to help, help rescue people from that, that cliff, you know, that you don't want to go Absolutely. off of, you know, and I, I do think, and that's, and kind of to that point, you know, as it relates to a support group, you know, when you're, you've got people around you that have been through similar things, it helps put things in perspective, not, not because we're diminishing what we're going through. Um, but rather that we were reminded that we are, we're not unique in the sense, we're not unique in the sense that we're the only ones that have ever suffered or we, you know, and I think, right. I think it's important to know that because sometimes when we're hurting really bad, we can get pretty narrow in our view of the world and, and pretty focused on, on ourselves, understandably. Um, but when we hear and we're around other people that are suffering too, I, I think that helps. And even your, your uh, discussion there about the Bible and the characters in the Bible who suffered and uh, well, not the least of which was, I know it wasn't chronic pain, but Jesus, you did mention the yeah. course in garden of Gethsemane and then the cross subsequent cross, he suffered more than anyone, you know, willingly for us. Right. And, but I even think about apostle Paul and all his sufferings and, and maybe even had a chronic condition of some kind with, uh, I, I think he had some, I think he probably had more than one. Yeah. Uh, and so, while, so, yeah, we're not alone and, and we're certainly not alone because God is with us. Um, you recently shared your story in our group, um, our main, our main um, broken and mended support group and wanted to ask you, and this is a little bit of a, you know, a, kind of, I'm making a plug for the support group course, you know, no, that, that's okay. yeah, yeah. And I want to know kind of what it was like for you to share your story and maybe what would you say would be the benefit of people interacting with one another in a support group like that? I knew I needed a support group uh, and and I looked for something in my immediate area for a while uh, and couldn't find anything that fit, um, you know, not, if it fit, it wasn't, it didn't have any spiritual component to it. And I, and I knew I didn't want to uh, really participate in something that just practiced uh a secular approach to, mm -hmm. uh, to dealing with pain. Cause I, I just don't think that's healthy, uh, or, or correct, but, um, I really didn't, I knew that you were doing something. I knew broken minute was around, but I didn't really, I think I didn't understand that there was a, a way to, to participate from where I was, Yeah, you know, yeah. where I am here in, in Tennessee. And so when you gave me opportunity to do that and share my story, uh, yeah, some of it was about sharing my story, but, but, from a pretty selfish perspective, I just wanted to be around other people that could understand. And, um, when I got through that meeting with you all, uh, I went out to my wife and I broke down and cried on her for a mm. while. And, and, and it was not a, wasn't a sad cry. It was like a relief mm. that, um, there were people who were, who are Christians who are dedicated uh, disciples of Jesus Christ who hurt like me and they care uh, that I hurt because they understand because um, I don't know, just haven't, I haven't felt that support from a lot of folks. And I don't think that's been some malicious thing. I think it's more of a lack of sympathy, lack of understanding. Not a lack. I hate to say lack of sympathy, a lack of understanding. Yeah, not, and they're not equipped uh, to be able to deeply understand it. Yeah. Right. And, and one of the problems with chronic pain is you can't always see it on somebody, um, especially if you're 
okay, if you're like me, you try to sort of buck up and and put on a better face, uh, you know, to make people, especially around my kids, want to feel better. But I, but also I couldn't a lot of times. I couldn't do that. But it is interesting. I, I, I have one one friend here locally who has rheumatoid arthritis. Um, she doesn't go to church with me. She doesn't approach it from a Christian perspective. And um, but I see her. Um, uh, she's connected to some stuff my son's involved with, and so um, she's very empathetic. And and she'll ask me, and then um, she noticed I was doing a lot better. And she said, you know, don't take this the wrong way, but you look great. You know, you look like you're, you know. You're not all bound up with all those braces and all that stuff. Um, doesn't mean I'm never putting them on. And I do, like I said, I got some on today. But um, just being able to drive my son to where he needs to be uh, is a big deal. But just having people understand and not only having people understand, but being able to show compassion for somebody else that, that's dealing with what you're dealing with. That I don't even know how to put that into words necessarily. It's like, Hey, they get me, I get them, and that's that's a that's a pretty amazing thing, you know. Yeah. There just there just aren't that many people that get it, right? And uh, understand it, and so you need it. I need it. We need an outlet to just share together, pray together, encourage each other. Sure. Uh, it's it's very uplifting. Well, thank you for saying that, and you know. I would want to, because I'm sure you're right. I'm sure when people hear about this and then we hear we're located in Northwest Oklahoma and they're like, well, what good is that going to do me? You know, uh, well, there's a lot of ways. I mean, obviously like the podcast or blog posts and other resources. I mean, those things are available to anyone at brokenamended.org if anyone needs to check that out. Um, But there are ways to participate in the group itself. You're well, anyone is welcome from anywhere in the world to join our, yeah. our main group, which is uh, right now on first Tuesdays of the month at seven o'clock. Um, and you can uh, reach out through the website. If you want to get more information there, there's a contact form where you can, you can contact me that way. That's the easiest way to do it. And I can get you the details and get you the zoom link, um, you know, or you can be invited to the Facebook group and you can participate, you know, through the, you know, the chat feature on Facebook, the zoom is better. We're always trying to get people, some people are shy, you know, and they won't, sometimes won't get on there. Um, but I'm happy to have people participate on whatever level they're comfortable participating with. Uh, in addition, uh, and I know uh, Tim, this is probably a future conversation for us as well, but you know, we're trying to encourage people to consider, do they got a group of friends or a group of people they right. want to minister to in their local setting where they can pull together people, uh, and provide both online and in-person, you know, contact because, uh, truth is a lot of people are in situations where they, you know, not able to go to get to an in-person meeting. And so from the very beginning, you talked about using online uh, stuff, you know, before it was right. trendy because of COVID we yeah. were, we were the same. We were, we were doing right. zoom before a lot of people knew what zoom was and we had people that that was the only way they could participate and they and they that was the only way we weren't streaming our church services yet either so for them it became a lifeline back to the church that they had not had right. maybe in some cases for decades um that yeah. all of a sudden they felt connected to like you said a group of disciples uh who were struggling right. with the same thing and so that that can be very powerful so yeah i'll mention those things um you know, Tim, as we wrap up, is there anything on the horizon for you that, um, you know, kind of what's next in your journey? And- uh, <laughs> I've uh, got a daughter about to, my oldest daughter's about to graduate from college and move back home for a little while. <laughs> She's starting a, 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 as going to be an ICU nurse. So that's kind of my next thing, oh, wow. just family related. But yeah. um, 
looking uh, for more ways to minister to other people uh, as I feel a little bit better, uh, learning to uh, manage my pain when it comes up in, in healthy ways. One thing I will mention is I, I just recently became part of a research study through the Cleveland Clinic uh, dealing with people with psoriatic arthritis oh, okay. specifically. And it's not a, it's not a medicine study. It's actually a, like an e-coaching uh, study related to lifestyle uh-huh. um, changes, uh, uh, stress reduction, uh, sleep, uh, diet and exercise, and you got a coach. And I just have started that. Okay. And it's a 12-week study, so it's called Immune Strength. Um, so that on my on my disease size that side that's what's going on there. Yeah. Uh, I'm very very hopeful that that continue, will help me. Uh, you know, learn some things. And so I'm hoping it helps other people. That's the main reason I enrolled. In yeah. It. I was going to say, I mean, you um, might learn some really great things that you can share with yeah. others in that too. So, and, yeah. and that's what I'm hopeful for, uh, especially as I try to, to uh, come on board uh, here with broken and mended as a volunteer and helping um, and helping other people like me, it, it gives me a lot of encouragement and strength. And, and so if I learn more things, I'm a researcher, I'm a studier, I'm a, uh, I try to experience things to help other people. I want to be able to do that. Sure. That's awesome. And, you know, so thankful to have had you on the podcast today and uh, looking forward to being connected going forward and, and uh, just very thankful for your. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me and thank you for all you do and uh, praying, praying for you as you yourself, uh, experience chronic pain and uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Healing. and I, you know, it's kind of strange, you know, because you go through those phases, uh, and maybe, maybe your phase of feeling better will be uh, just a, a new place where you'll be able to maintain right. for a long time. I, right. I have been through phases like that and, and other phases that were very unpleasant and everything in between, and you know, so. Either way, you know, I think we need each other. We need God. And, you know, and it's it, it gives purpose to suffering to have God with us, you know, and he because right. he's the one that can redeem it. Otherwise, uh, it's just suffering for no reason, you know, and I but I believe right. that God has got a redemptive purpose in it. So, yes, thank Absolutely. you for for being with us. We'll, we'll wrap it up here as we're actually coming up. Uh, uh, one of one of the longer conversations we had on broken, <laughs> which is good, I, I think. Um, but I want to say that. Uh, uh, probably in the future and i mean between christmas or thanksgiving and christmas i'm going to have a couple guys on here talking about uh their role as a supporter of someone in both of their spouses are in chronic pain and chronic illness i want to speak to that community a little bit too um and both of those guys are willing to talk about that because they have well, they've been through it and there's a whole different side of it when it comes to, uh, in, the, in this case, the spouse, uh, that, that goes through that. So, um, hopefully that'll be interesting to people as well. And so if you're uh, listening, uh, you know, which I guess if you just heard me say that you are listening, uh, but want to just, uh, again, encourage you to check out the website. You can also find past podcast episodes there on the website, but that's also available in all the other places you find your podcast. Uh, and so we'll sign off until next time and just, uh, hope that, uh, God is with each of you as you go on this journey and through this struggle. Amen. <laughs>